the one, the only, Mrs. Aaron Simmons. <laughs> I don't know what he means when he says she's giving me the look. What's the look? It must be his conviction in his heart, you know? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Yay! Yay! So happy that you are here, and I am going to say that I am happy that I get to speak today, but I'm also freaking out, and I don't know why. I've been the biggest grump for lack of ability to use a worst word. I have just been such a grump this week. I... <laughs> I admit it. I'm not trying to say I wasn't. I don't know what it is, but so anyways, just, would you just pray for me? <laughs> so just pray for me. Oh, God, thank you for this opportunity. I really do take it as an honor, and I take it seriously, Lord, and I just ask, Father, that today, God, that your heart and your words and your desire would just be what comes out of my mouth, <clears throat> and um, I going to give it my best effort. Love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's the other thing that I wanted to do before we got started. Um, I, I know that what I might have planned to say and how in my mind I picture you would receive something is not probably going to be how every person in here is going to receive it or take from it, but I do believe with my whole heart that you're here for a reason today. And whether everything I say you've heard a thousand times or you've heard one time, that there's still something that can be taken away. And so I just wanna challenge you that before I start that you may hear me say something that you've already heard before, but I, I just wanna challenge you to say, okay, what can I receive from that today that may be different from what I received the last time I heard it? And um, I don't ever wanna, um, miss an opportunity to receive something that the Lord has for me. Whether it's a song I've heard a zillion times, a scripture I've heard a zillion times, there's always something that I can take away. And so um, I just want to challenge you with that this morning and myself. I feel like I'm going to receive as well, but um, I had a gazillion pages, it felt like, of notes here, there, everywhere. I just started writing things down and writing things down and writing things down this week because, you know, I'm speaking on worship. And I've spoken, you, uh, many of you probably heard me talk about worship many times. And so I'm like, Lord, I want to bring something different. I want to bring something um, maybe that I haven't said before, but it's like, you know, sometimes you're just asking God for stuff and you're like, it's silent. <laughs> you're like, Gah. And so, you know what? In that, you press in, and then the things that I start to sense that I felt like the Lord was saying to me, I'm just like, I'm going to go with it. And I just, I do feel like there's something in this today. And so, all right, let's start with a quick recap of what Aaron has kind of been talking about the past couple weeks. Worship, grow, go. Here it is. Worship, grow, go. This is our vision. This is our vision of this house, these three words. And there's so much that trickles out from underneath of those things. And so that's why we're just taking the next several months or however long it takes just to dissect what each of these mean. Because I feel like, yes, we're all here because of the Lord. But I think it's so important. We feel that it's so important that we come together in unity and we understand when we say worship, what do we mean? When we say grow, what does that mean? Your version of that might look different than mine. And I want us to be on the same page as a body in here, knowing what this means for us as we move forward in the days to come. And so 
we determined that Worship, Grow, Go is what we're going to launch from in this house. And so um, just to kind of quickly go over worship, little snippet here, give of yourself. Giving of yourself. To me, that's one piece of it. Giving of ourselves, whether that's in prayer, intercession, giving of our time, giving of our finances. I like to say when we come up here to give our tithes, this is another way I worship because I'm giving you something in love. I'm sacrificing. I'm pouring out. I'm giving what I can. I'm giving all that I can. And so that comes into that, under that umbrella and so much more. When we talk about grow, one of the big things I thought about as I was just writing notes down, and again, I'm not going to list all the things, but growing as a family. So growing as a church family, but also this whole growing piece means I'm growing as a person in the family of Christ. I'm growing as a, a family member of my immediate family, like my natural family here. Like there's so much that covers that. And then the go piece, all that is not just for you. It is not just for you, and it is selfish if we do not go outside of these walls and do something with it. And so that's that whole, like, commission. Go out, do kindness, share the Lord, like, all that stuff to go. So that's in the weeks to come. But anyways, so Aaron talked about Mary and Martha last week. He talked about the woman that poured out, you know, that had the jar, the alabaster jar, and she poured it out. And so I was... I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I wanna launch from that. I wanna dig into that. And so I was reading um, through that story of specifically the one of Mary and Martha. And when I got to, I, and I wanna read this to you because this is kind of where, this is like what I'm talking about today. And it's Mark 14, um, verse 9. And I'm gonna go back and read the whole thing here in a little bit, but just for now, I just wanna read verse 9. It says, I promise you, and this is Jesus speaking, it says, I promise you, that as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. And it, and I, I read that in the, this, this part, this piece, this lavish devotion. That lavish devotion that she gave in that moment when she was at Jesus' feet. Remember, I'll quickly. Mary and Martha were in the house. Jesus came. Martha kept working. She was doing all the things. Mary stopped and got at his feet and, and, and worshiped. She poured her heart out on him, and that was this lavish devotion, and that was the thing that Jesus said will be remembered as the gospel goes forward. So if he's saying that, that's telling me that that's a priority to him. It is a priority to him, this lavish devotion. Meaning, if it's important to him, it's important to me. And I have a mandate to make sure that I am demonstrating my lavish devotion on him. And so I started to dig into this. And first of all, I love to give definitions of things. Because I think that sometimes in church, we use a lot of words. And then we just assume that you know what I mean by that. Or you, I just assume that you've heard this word before, and so I can just through it. But no, I want to define things. I love to do that. And so when I was looking up the word worship in Webster's Dictionary, it says a feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. Now, in our case, who are we talking about? We talk about the Lord, right? Okay, so it's a feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for the Lord. Now, I want to use that, and then I want to jump down and, def and define the word lavish and then the word devotion. So lavish is generous and extravagant and also can mean to give generously. 
So the thing, when I hear that, and then I look at my Bible, and it's like the Lord, and Jesus says, lavish devotion that she poured out. He was understanding, and he was feeling her generosity, how she was being extravagant, right? It wasn't just she sat there. Like, there was something in her heart. There was something that was coming out of her that he knew that it was extravagant. And and notice it didn't say how she did it or the right way to do this. No, it was the heart in her that he knew was her extravagant giving, her generosity of giving all that she had. Now, devotion is defined as, well, yes, devotion, love, loyalty, and enthusiasm. Yeah. I was like, what? Devotion equal enthusiasm? And then I thought, God, you're so good because we got a lot of enthusiasm that happens in this room, specifically in our worship time, right? And th- Okay, and then some of you might be like, that's a little extra. But what it is, is it's devotion coming out of us, coming out of people. It's enthusiasm. It's love. It's loyalty. It's like, I don't care. I'm going to be devoted. I'm going to lavish. I'm going to pour it out, right? So, so to me, when Jesus says here in verse 9, I promise you that as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. It's important to him. That's his heart. That's what he desires. And you might think, that feels a little selfish. That he would just say, oh, you know, I want your lavish devotion. No, it's not him being selfish. It's when we do that and when we offer that and he recognized in her that it was out of a genuine, pure love, a genuine, pure relationship. Her knowing who was in the room, recognizing the opportunity and giving it. And, and just like me, I don't, I, that's what I would want. That's what I want for my kids. I want them to come over and hug me because they know me, they love me, they recognize the opportunity to give me a hug. And it's, it's their heart. That's what I would want. And that's the kind of God that he is. He just wants our love. He just, it's like, come on. Every one of you in here has a certain way that you love to receive love, love being loved. And so whatever that is for you, you know, whenever somebody does it, it's like for him, it's, it's, it's sweet. He loves it when I just go like this and rub his neck. And he's just like, hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah. For me, it's something different, right? But But in that moment, it's because I'm recognizing an opportunity and I'm pouring my love. And I just think that's what his heart is for us. He just, it's like, I just picture him as we were worshiping and pouring out our lavish devotion. That he's just up there like, "Mm," you know, like if you, whatever, you got, you can rub in your neck, whatever. You know, and that's his, that's his heart. It's not because you have to worship me because I said so and do it and eh." no. No, and so that just needs to be wipe it off because he would just rather you not do anything at all than do it with a wrong heart and an impure motive. Okay, page one, flip. All right, Mary, so back to Mary. Why did she do that? Why, why, what caused her to sit at his feet, take the moment, stop and realize what was happening? Why did she do that? Or, in her case, so why did she worship, right? 
equate that to me. Why do we worship? This is the question. Why? Why? So all the things I just kind of said, but also I felt like there may be some of us who just quite don't understand um, why. It, it's like, I, I mean, I've known throughout my life, and many of you too, even if you've not been in church your whole life, like you come to church, you sing some songs, you pay your tithes, you maybe do communion, you hear a message, and then you leave. And it's just like, for some of us, it's just been like, those are the things we do. But really, the why behind it, for me, I am a huge person that believes in our motives. Why do we do what we, we do? I don't want to just do something because I have to or because I want to check it off the list. Like, to be honest with you, that is kind of my personality. Give me a list, I'll check it off because I like to accomplish things. But in, in, in this situation, in this circumstance, like I, I need to know why am I doing it? And I want to do it for the right reason. Because if our motive is wrong, it will not last. You might come in here one Sunday and you suddenly you're worshiping something's in, but if it's not the right motive, you come back next week and it's because you're missing out on the actual reason of why we do it. It's not about how you feel. <sighs> I'm speaking to myself. It is not about how you feel. And so, okay. So here are some reasons why we worship. Don't, don't, I might forget something, but these are the ones I could come up with that I felt like were pretty important. Number one, he is worthy. Period. He is worthy. He is God. He created the world. He created the earth. He created you. He gives us breath. He created the plants. I mean, he's worthy. That's enough for me. Number two, if you need to know more, he died for you. He saved, he died so that you could live. I love when I hear people say that. He was broken, he was beaten, he was hurt, he was whipped, he bled, so that you could be a whole person, so that you could be whole on the inside, so that you could live in freedom, so that you didn't have to walk around in shame. He died for you so that you could spend eternity in heaven with him. <sighs> and even experience heaven on earth. We're not just trudging through, trying to make it to death so that we can be in heaven and then we're happy. No, he died so that you could experience heaven now, that you could experience freedom now and all of that, all of the good stuff. He did that. I want to worship the man who did that for me. Man, he's just so worthy. Okay, now number three. If you are a rule follower and you do like checkoffs, the number three is for you, and it's this. The Bible says so. The Bible tells us to, right? Listen, let me say this. You either believe all of it or none of it, okay? You cannot believe this chunk, but not believe this chunk. So you either say, all right, I'm all in, and then you believe it all, or you believe none of it. And so that is what the Bible says to do worship him. He talks about it so much. Honestly, I started the week trying to figure out, okay, I'm going to I'm going to search for worship verses and it's just like I'm overwhelmed. Where I oh, that one's good. That one's good. Oh, there's a good one. I mean, I'm overwhelmed. It's important to him. The Bible tells us to, so we do it. So Deuteronomy 6:13 is the verse I want to read. I don't think they have the version that I like um, on the screen, but that's okay. I'll read my version. 
um, I have it printed out. It says, Deuteronomy 6.13, respect the Lord your God. You must worship him and make your promises only in his name. Okay? So that's, that's what the Bible's telling us. But then, that's Old Testament, right? New Testament in Luke 4.8, Passion Translation, it says, Jesus rebuked him and said, Satan, get behind me, for it is written in the scriptures, only one is worthy of of your adoration, you will worship before the Lord your God and love him supremely. So we're talking about it in the Old Testament. We're talking about it in the New Testament. He says, it says, the Bible says, worship him. Worship him. And I think that sometimes what happens is what we do is we we put, we have two different compartments here. And we forget that when this thing over here, whether it's our job or the politics or what's going on in the nation, all, that's over here. And then we have our worship to the Lord, our time over here. But here's what happens. You're always worshiping something. And so when you're actually spending all your time and all your thought and all your energy and all solution to this and figuring this out and it, 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 over here in this little box, you're actually worshiping that. Because you can't worship two things at once. So that's what we're talking about. We've been saying this for months in here. It's like, who are we looking at? What are we focused on? Because this stuff that we put in this box is only as good as if we're looking at it through his lens because we've worshiped him and he's the main thing. And then all of this stuff comes into alignment and is added into us. And so you, 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 you really can only, you can only worship one thing. And man, I'm challenging you right now. What is the thing that you think about the most? What is the thing you spend the most time on? It might be another person. It might be a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, wife, kids, basketball, job, whatever. What is the thing or the person that you spend the most time on thinking about, working towards, all of that? That's what you worship, okay? This is reality, this is truth. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy those things and you can't pursue those things and go after those things and follow your dreams and all that stuff. Yes. Why, why else would he give us that desire? He wants us to pursue and follow all that. But we have to start with this, this thing that is he. He is the thing. He is the one. He is who we worship. And I'm pointing up here. I'm not necessarily pointing at the online, but I'm just picturing Jesus. So that's the thing that we're focusing on, okay? And when we, when we do that, oh, I promise you, this isn't just words coming out of my mouth. This is for you to catch today. Like, when we recognize that when we do that, all this other stuff, man, we start getting clarity on things. We start getting strategy on things. We start having peace in situations that look real scary. We start having hope that builds all this stuff. Okay, so the Bible tells us. Um, now, let's see. Here's the thing I'm going to talk about to go along with all this, of course. These are reasons why we worship. And for us here at Upper Room, one of the big things that we've really been leaning into and just figuring out over the last couple years, I think it's been like maybe a year and a half or maybe two years, I'm not sure, but this idea of ministering to the Lord, ministering to the Lord. Worship equals ministering to the Lord. Because when we're doing that, just like I was explaining like that, that's ministering to his heart. That's ministering to him. That's just like pouring fragrance. I don't know. However I could say it, that you would get a picture of what I'm saying. It's, it's like 
lavishing him. It's just, it's like the beautiful fragrance. I mean, I don't know how else I could describe it other than it just blesses the Lord. And that's what I want to do. Honestly, he put us here to minister to him. He put us here to love him, lavish him. That's what our purpose is. And the thing of it is, is we, we got to break away from this idea that worship is only on Sunday when we're singing songs. Because it's when we're at work, it's when we're talking to our employees, it's when we're parenting our kids, it's when we're having a kind, friendly discussion with our spouse, it's when we're taking out the trash, like all of that, that all turns into ministry to the Lord. I was folding laundry yesterday. I promise you it was at least six loads of clean laundry that needed folded, and I was just folding away. And I found, like, I got about 45 minutes in, and I don't even know what I was thinking about. Have you ever done that? Like, whether you're driving or whatever, and you're like, what in the world did I just think about for that last 40 minutes or 20 minutes? You know? And your mind just... And I, and I instantly felt, like, such conviction. I was like, man, as I'm folding this stuff, I want to pray for the person wearing this thing. That is worship. That is ministry to the Lord. He loves that I want to bless and pray for and cover my kids and my family. And I I forget whose shirt. I think it was Aaron's. And I was like folding it. It was like a workout shirt. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I won't say what I was praying, but anyway, you know, what an opportunity to minister to the Lord through me praying and interceding and thanking the Lord for that person who gets to wear that. And so this is this idea of ministering to the Lord. And it, it's, it's, I just, I want us to capture that so that our minds just shift and recognize when I come in the room on a Sunday, I'm coming in because I'm getting to minister to God. Like I'm getting to love him. This is for him. This is for him. And I always say this from the platform when I do transition. You get to give to him, but the sweet thing is he always gives something back, you know? But if we come in expecting something and wanting something from him and needing this, we might not get it because he might be trying to do something completely different in us, but we've missed it because all we cared about was what we actually needed. And so there's just this beautiful thing that happens when we minister unto him, and then there's this beautiful thing that just happens as he gives back. And I just love it sometimes, and I'm like, I didn't even know that I needed that. And, and him fueling that in me, suddenly this other need that I had or whatever I was, you know, whatever coming in for, like that just kind of dissipated. And I didn't necessarily, I, that was the wrong thing I was hoping for going after, you know? So this ministering to the Lord, um, there is so much in the Old Testament about ministering to the Lord. And I, I really was digging in. I was, I was just asking the Lord, gosh, how much of this am I sharing today? How much? And I just felt like, this morning that I'm just here kind of just scratching the surface of what that looked like. But I do encourage you to just dig into your Bible and and just Google ministry to the Lord and just start to search that out. But I am going to touch on a few things. And that first one is in Deuteronomy 10, 8, um, it says, at that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister to him and to bless in his name, to, even to this day. Back in the Old Testament, this is when the temple was being built and they had the Ark of the Covenant, which in the Old Testament, that carried the presence of God, right? And God's presence now is everywhere, but at that time, the Old Testament, it was in the Ark of the Covenant. It was a sacred, sacred box, basically. And the Lord said, he, he said, assign people to minister to my presence. 
That's how important it was to him. There were people assigned, they were called Levites, assigned to minister to the Lord. He's got a need, man. He has a need for that. He needs his sons and daughters to just pour out their lavish devotion on him. And so that's what was happening there. Um, it's important to God. He wants our hearts, our time, our love, etc. He wants lavish devotion. Okay. Flipping to this, this, tying that into this whole idea with Mary. Okay. Mary recognized this moment that she had to minister to Jesus. I was, when I was comparing the two stories, I was like, wait a second. Mary and Martha, right? Martha was focused on all the things that she needed to do and preparations and this and that. Mary had a revelation, understanding, and recognized this opportunity that was right in front of her to minister to the Lord. And that was the difference, lots of differences. This is one key difference, I think, between her and Martha. Martha missed out on this opportunity that she had and determined that she was gonna do all the other things and didn't recognize the opportunity. And I wonder if it was because she was a check off the list person, that's me. I have missed opportunities. I think all of us could say that. I have missed opportunities to minister to the Lord because I've been more worried about But I wonder if another reason that Martha may have missed that opportunity was because she had yet to have, I don't know, I don't know, this is just a question. I submit this to you. Did she not yet have a deep revelation of who was in the room? Did she not have a deep revelation? You know, there's a difference between hearing about God and knowing, you know, about him and then knowing him and, and, and having this revelation of who he is. I just wonder, I wonder if that was one of the disconnects there because then when I started to think about the story with the woman with the jar that broke the jar and poured out her very best, the difference between her and then the Pharisee that was in there, the Pharisee questioning, why did she do that? You know, I wonder if the woman with the jar had a revelation understanding of who was in the room, who was in her presence. Well, the Pharisee knew so much about who was in the room, knew a lot about who was in the room, but didn't have a a real revelation of who was in the room. So good. And when I went back and I read Mark 14, 3 through 9. Let's read 3 through 9. This one, I'm just reading from the Passion. This is just so good. Um, it says, Now Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon. Am I in the right spot? Yep. A man Jesus had healed of leprosy. And as he was reclining at the table, a woman, a woman came into the house holding an alabaster flask. It was filled with the highest quality of fragrant and expensive oil. She walked right up to Jesus and with a gesture of extreme devotion, she broke the flask and poured out the precious oil over his head. But some were highly 
some were highly indignant when they saw this and they complained to one another saying, what a total waste. It could have been sold for a great sum and the money could have benefited the poor. So they scolded her harshly. Jesus said to them, leave her alone. Why are you so critical of this woman? She has honored me with this beautiful act of kindness for you will always have the poor whom you can help whenever you want, but you will not always have me. When she poured the fragrant oil over me, she was preparing my body in advance of my burial. She has done all that she could to honor me. I promise you that as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. And I, I immediately went back to where Jesus said in verse 7, For you will always have the poor whom you can help whenever you want, but you will not always have me. She had a revelation of who was in the room and the opportunity that was in front of her in that moment. Because, man, I'm like, well, you know, it's kind of right. Like, we can always give to all the poor and stuff. But see, Jesus said, this is the opportunity right now. And the Pharisee was like, oh, I don't understand. Well, it's because he didn't realize the moment that was in front of him, the revelation of who was in front of him, the opportunity. Guys, I don't know if I'm ever going to have an opportunity like I did this morning to worship him in the presence of all you guys with you together. Like, I recognize who's in the room. He is here. Like, he is worthy. And I don't ever want to miss that opportunity to, to worship him, to pour out my lavish devotion on him. I recognize my need to continually have a deeper revelation of who he is. Because if I only rely on the revelation I had five years ago at a youth camp when we sang holy, holy, holy in a big beautiful circle with hundreds of us in a room, it was the most incredible probably worship encounter I've ever had. I can't live from that and, and just that revelation. I recognize I need to continually be figuring him out more, searching him out more, getting another revelation of who he is. In Revelation, when, it, when the, they're singing holy, 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 like what Aaron was saying, it's because I think every time they got another revelation of, whoa, 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 who is that? Whoa. And, and for me, I can't. I, I will dry up, burn out, get crispy, and die if I don't continually get deeper revelation, understanding of him, of who he is. I, man, that experience I had five years ago at youth camp, that was powerful, powerful. And I don't ever want to forget it, but I can't, that can't be my only thing. That can't be my only experience or encounter with him. Um, I want to, I think I had written this down, that I wanted to define revelation. Because to me, that's another kind of churchy word. Getting a revelation. What do you mean? I don't, I don't get that. Um, and so when I looked it, looked it up, th these are the things I pulled away from the definition of. It's a revealed divine truth. A truth that is made known. Okay? Holy Spirit can do that in an instant. Reveal a divine truth to you. I could read a lot in here, but I feel like, and I'm not saying we don't read this, but I am saying that I believe with everything in me that there is so much tucked away, divine truth tucked away in the word 
that I want to, every time I read, I want revelation to come from it. I want to read it. Like, I think that was part of my problem this week. I felt like I wasn't satisfied with what I was getting from what I was studying. And I don't, I guess I'm just being vulnerable. I'm not sure if that's just, I was feeling guilty because I should have had more or just the righteous hunger of wanting more. I don't know. But I, I just, I, I'm just challenging us in here. I don't, we cannot just keep walking through the motions. Worship, grow, go. Let's worship. Let's grow. Let's go. No. I don't care. I don't want to do any of that if I don't have this divine truth being revealed to me continually. <sighs> okay. She gave her best. And I think that sometimes we get caught up in thinking, well, that person's giving that, whether it's even an amount of money or what our worship looks like or how much time we have to give or how much time we can read or how much time we can pray. And we get caught up in thinking, well, it needs to look this way. I need to do this. And so then we aren't recognizing like, I'm going to give according to the divine truth that's been revealed to me and what I have to give is going to look different than what he has to give or she has to give or Pam has to give. I mean, define lavish devotion. Have you ever seen anyone so fun and extravagant? I love it. I love it. And I am honored <laughs> to get to worship with, with her because I'm inspired. I'm challenged. I evaluate my heart. <sighs> I know I'm not judging anybody's worship in here. I don't care if you sit the whole time or if you flag and have beautiful things the whole time. I don't care. Divine truth, knowing, revelation is what I'm going to worship from. And I feel like that's the, 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 the invitation this morning is for us, whether you've had incredible revelations with the Lord, whether you've had deep encounters with him this morning, like, Come on, we got to keep going. And today's opportunity to just experience him again, to get more truth from him today. I just feel like he just wants to lavish us this morning. He wants to give us revelation of who he is. And so I think that that's all that I have to say about that. But I would like to see if the worship team would come up here. And I just want to worship and I, in our worship, though, I feel like we're going to just open up this opportunity for us just to get some real deep revelation this morning of who he is. I don't want to just talk about it and be like, all right, go do it. I want us to have this opportunity right here in this moment when the Lord's saying, revelation, divine truth, all-knowing, when you see me this way, when you know me this way, when you've experienced me this way, then you're going to be able to lavishly devote your heart. You're going to be able to be sold out. You're going to be able to have enthusiasm, do something different. Man, I know God wants to shake us up in here and do something different with all of us. That's part of the devotion. The best that we have. What do we have? The best that we have to give. All right, so let's stand. I'm going to pray for us. And then they're going to, I want them just to sing holy again. And, you know, reminder, if you start getting annoyed because you don't like singing the same songs all the time, well, then check your heart, bro. <laughs> just kidding. I hate when my kids say that. I'm not, I do not say that. Ugh. But really, um, because it's, 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 
it's an opportunity. Don't walk out today without recognizing the opportunity that you have in this room to worship from what you have and what you can offer and just from the, the divine revelation that you've had of him. And then I just believe today that God is just gonna, man, he's just gonna reveal himself new to us, each one of us individually. And so, <clears throat> God, we just thank you this morning um, just for revelation, for, for you just revealing yourself to each one of us very uniquely, very differently, but very special to each one of us, Lord, that you would show us parts of you, that you would speak to our hearts, that whatever that might look like, that we could feel your presence today. Literally, we could feel your tangible presence on us this morning. God, we are not satisfied. We are not here just to check something off the list, Lord. We know that you've called each one of us here this morning to hear this because you wanna take us deeper. You wanna take us deeper. You wanna reveal yourself to us even more. Oh, we just praise and worship you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Father. And we just, we open our hearts and we open our spirits up this morning just to receive whatever it is that you wanna pour out on us, God. We just thank you, Father.
do is I want you to get out your phone or your paper or whatever. I want you to write what the Lord showed you or what he said to you. I want you to write it down. Come on, I know that he showed you things. He revealed himself to you. We're going to keep playing the music, but I want you to write it down. Come on, you're going to need this. You're going to need to write this down. Even if it was a word or a picture that you got, I want you to write it down. So as this week goes on, as you feel like, God, maybe that wasn't real. No, you're going to look back and read what you wrote, and you're going to know that the Lord showed you something new. He revealed a divine truth in this moment. Come on, and if you felt like you didn't get anything, press in. I'm not ending right now. We're going to press in. That's what this is. You press in. That means that I'm going to push into something, even if I'm not feeling anything, I'm not sure, I'm confused. Press in. Push into the Lord. Holy Spirit, would you just come and just press in on us, Father? Just reveal your goodness. Thank you for vision. Thank you for your voice. Thank you for divine truth being revealed. We just worship you right now. Come on. Woo! your heart. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for divine truth, for a revelation of who you are, even a word, even a glimpse of, of something new this morning. And we just seal it in. We, we call it in. We say this is the truth. This is who you are. God, I thank you for actually, Lord, that this just begins to unlock even 
daily deep revelation, understanding, divine truths, new pictures of who you are, new vision of who you are. God, I thank you that tomorrow morning when I wake up and I read my verse of the day, that it's just not words, but it's going deep and there's divine truth that leaps from it into my heart, into my spirit, into my life. God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you for this room of hungry people who are here to minister to you, to lavishly pour out our devotion, everything that we have with love and loyalty and enthusiasm. We thank you for that, Father. We commit to doing that to the best that we can with the help of you. In the days ahead, we just praise you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. What I want to do is I feel like there may be some in the room who just felt like they just didn't get any breakthrough. That's fine. That's okay. Um, if that's you, we have prayer team, a ministry team. I want the ministry team people to come up. They've got like these little badges, these fancy like badges. And I want you, I challenge you, don't leave until you know that you've experienced the breakthrough thing that God had for you this morning. So they're up here to pray with you. Um, even if you just have a question, they're here. Don't walk out without that. And then they're going to keep singing here, maybe for the next five minutes. I just want them to keep singing that. You are welcome to leave, obviously. But if you just want to continue to worship, it is open for you. We love you guys. We are so excited and so thrilled for what God is doing. Amen. Bless you guys.